Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Not quite the end of our day with the race coverage from the Michelin Pilot Challenge as we have the final practice for the WeatherTech Championship Rolex 24 week. This is practice five and it is solely for nine cars. It is the opportunity for our new GTP manufacturers and teams to go out there and show us what they've got. Suspect uh, it would be quite interesting depending on who actually turns out. Uh, Shea Adam is down in the pits on uh, the fifth floor. It's Peter McKay and John Hindhoff. Jeremy Shaw will be joining us in a little while. It is 20 minutes, 2-0 minutes in this session. This is live and exclusive coverage from Daytona International Speedway on IMSA Radio. Three, two, one. The WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Uh, let's go straight down to the pit lane where Shea Adam can tell me how many cars have turned. We're only, we're only working one end of the pit lane because they're all pretty much pitted together, Shea, aren't they? And it's not even an end, John. It's, it's, well, it is an end, but it's not even a half of a pit lane. It's more like a quarter of the pit lane. And six cars have come out to play for tonight. Right. We will not see either of the Acuras. Ooh. And I'm led to believe that the Whalen Engineering Cadillac will also be staying put nicely tucked away tonight. But both of the Acuras in a state of undress. So so it would be quite something to see them get out here within the next uh, 20 minutes. But because this is only a 20-minute session, I'm only seeing one driver per car. Yes. So let's start numerically first with the Chip Ganassi racing end of things because they he always likes to take 0-1 and 0-2. So for Cadillac racing, we've got Ranger Van de Zanda in the yellow 1, 0-1 actually, and in the blue 2, it is Alex Lynn. We've got both of the Porsches out. Number six is Mr. Nicholas Tandy. Huh. Uh, how do you, how do you say it of Northamptonshire? Bedfordshire. Bedfordshire. Thank you very much. I, yes, he lives in Bedfordshire. He's just over the border. I apologize uh, yeah. to uh, his family County for line. getting that wrong. County line, sure. County line. All right. Yeah. And and from Australia, we'll just put the whole country there. Matt Campbell <laughs> is in the number seven. Um, it's a rather large country. I'm aware of that. But still, he he's proud to be from all of it. And for BMW, the number 24 BMW was Philip Ang. And the number 25 BMW is California's pride and joy. Uh, sorry, Austrian driver Philip Ang, I should say, if I'm going to keep down this line. Yeah. Uh, then California's pride enjoy Connor Filippi. Uh, I think we got most of them right on the timing and scoring. Live timing alcabelsystems.com forward slash IMSA if you want to follow along. Uh, Peter Mackay, we're excited about this. You've got the opportunity to speak to some of the Porsche drivers uh, earlier on in the uh, Porsche hospitality. I should have given you a recorder. I meant to do that. We normally tape those. Um, how did it go? Who did you have? Is there it was a real pleasure, John, actually. Yeah, it was great. Uh, thank you for the invitation from Porsche to come and chat to their drivers, uh, Felipe Nazar, uh, Nick Tandy, and Dane Cameron. Uh, really interesting. I mean, start with Felipe Nazar. 
he has just got a raw determination and focus about just oozing out of him at the moment. He, he, is, he says, I'm here to make history. I'm here for one purpose, win championships, win races. He, he, even, you know, 24 hours out from the start of this race, he just is so laser-focused uh, as, as well. Nick, he is delighted to be back with his Porsche family. That really stood out to me. Uh, he's also got a, a new company car to pick up at Porsche GBHQ when he gets home. So he's quite happy. Did he tell seen, you what it was? Uh, it was, uh, no, forgive me, it was a 992 GTS convertible. Ah, uh-huh. Oh. So, and then Dane um, was fantastic as well. I asked Dane, got a, they've got a PTK hit. Uh, well, I don't know, but uh, yeah, uh, Dane Cameron was fascinating as well because he's obviously, along with Felipe, has been really involved with the development of the 963 from day one to now. He's come in from the Penske side of things as well, and I asked him what was the biggest. Um, step change they made during the development because I said I'm sure it feels like you're going round in circles I mean of course they literally are at a test track but I said what was it and he says definitely the braking getting the mm. they've worked really hard on trying to get the braking because it's a brake by wire system but they're trying to get it a natural feel to feel like you're really having to push the brake in and giving it the feel of a of a, of a kind of more traditional braking system but obviously do, doing that and he says when we cracked that that's really given us the confidence so um, that was it was great to get to chat to, to all three of them and they were in uh, they were in great form. Uh, and, and were they prepared to talk about the challenges? Because clearly it hasn't been plain sailing, even up until the last couple of weeks. Um, I was aware of where I was doing the Q&A station, so I had to, I had to be, be, be careful with that one. And, and I, you know, I, I think uh, overall it was a, a lot of positivity. The, the drivers did touch on it, saying it's been a process and it's mm-hmm. been a real tough, it's been a tough road for everybody. However, they, of course, have got one thing in their pocket, which I think is going to give them confidence over the course of, of uh, tomorrow's race. They've done a 36-hour uh, run at Sebring, and that will knock a car into, uh, into submission. So very, very good. But they are going to really be up against it with Cadillac and Acura, I think, um, as well. So uh, it's going to be a great race tomorrow, I haven't chatted to them. I, I can't remember who it was I asked this question of, but, I, I, you know, possibly unfairly, but people think, ah, Porsche's coming back in, then they're just going to win. And that, that mm. is unfair on Porsche, but probably unfair on the other manufacturers as well. That kind of underlined by the fact that the Porsche was first on track and did that all, all that early development for the hybrid and battery setup mm. and then passed that information on. But Porsche do have such a huge and... Uh, successful history in endurance racing. I can understand why people, even people within the sport, would say, oh, well, you know, not why your buyers are bothering, it's going to be Porsche. Uh, well, yes. And I think and, it's unfair. Uh, I do. Uh, well, I mean, the, the, the heritage is important. 18 wins at this race more than, it, more than any other. And that's just pure Porsches. That's not the Porsche-powered cars as well. That, that adds another th- three, I think. Um, so, yeah, it, that, that heritage is important. And you, you cannot underestimate the impact Team Penske have. I mean, Team Penske are uh, a huge, huge uh, addition to the to that package as well. It's quite a formidable alliance, which, of course, we saw have so much success before uh, as, as well. So, yeah, very, very intriguing. But uh, and th- this is just the start of, of uh, what they're going to be in, in for. Uh, hello to you. Good evening to you if you're at the track. Thank you for staying with us. We were uh, just laying out a little bit whilst the formalities were going on down in Victory Circle. It's John Hindoff and Peter Mackay uh, on uh, the fifth floor. Shea Adam is in the pit lane. We're just talking about this GTP session, which will get underway in about a minute or so. One thing I will say is that Team Penske have still got 
one big thing to do, and that is win an endurance race. They have not won a sports car endurance race. They have. The 2008 Sebring 12-hour. They yeah. won. The, you mean a 24? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, no, that's fair. That's absolutely uh, fair. And they uh, won the six-hour. I mean, they, they won the six-hour Road Atlanta in 2020 as well but they've not run won a 24 hour race yeah so Le Mans and a world championship are the two things uh, that, that really f- complete the Penske puzzle if, if, if they can get it done but Sh- that's a big if Sheer Adam is down in the pit lane the green light has gone on at the end of the pits uh, if you uh, are just joining us here at the track six of the nine cars will be going out this evening the two Cadillac Racing Cars, that's the cars run by Chip Ganassi, 01 and 02. Both of the Porsche 963s and both of the BMW uh, M Hybrid V8s will be going out. Uh, Neither of the Acuras nor the uh, Action Express Wayland Engineering Cadillac going out this evening. They've decided to leave those cars tucked up. It's Renga von der Zander showing behind the wheel of the 01 and Alex Lynn behind the 02, uh, Conor de Filippi behind the wheel of the BMW M Hybrid V8 number 25. We're expecting Philip Eng, the Austrian behind the wheel of the 24. Uh, it will be uh, Nick Tandy behind the wheel of the number six and Matt Campbell, Matthew, Matty, going out behind the wheel of the number seven. That car just hasn't quite gone out They're yet. all out of the pit lane now though, John. They just haven't left their boxes. They have all left their pit boxes. They just haven't got out of the pit lane on the other side of the paddock. Let's make sure that they all get out there. One, two, three, four, five, which is the one I'm missing. Philip Eng must have been the last one out because he hasn't tripped the exit yet. And... And... (laughs) There he goes. There you go. Yeah. 24 is out. Okay, that's fine. Everybody's out. I'm happy with that, that we're expecting to see. What kind of work, Shea, do we think we're doing tonight? You, you're seeing that the teams down there look pretty focused. Yeah, it was interesting intensity on all the various different faces. The Zero Two Cadillac was the first one to come out to the pit lane tonight, though they are doing pit stop practice for both of the Cadillac racing entries on the pit lane. That looks to be their main goal, whereas the other four prototypes that we have out on the track, they're not set up to re-receive their cars again. And Matt Campbell was set to be the first car out on the racetrack in Porsche number seven with a clear view ahead of him, but they unplugged the computer and then had to plug him back in for another two minutes. So clearly something was a bit askew from what they saw. Well, uh, just across the line, the number 25 BMW uh, leads them around the circuit already onto the infield with clear uh, daylight coming straight in. That will be the Cadillac. Um, put me, put oh, this Cadillac somewhere. number 02, yeah. uh, Alex Lynn. Thank uh, you. He's come in, the guy's doing a, a quick pit stop practice as well. Um, same for the zero one car as well. So Alex Lynn is in the zero two. That's the blue front. The zero one is the Renga von der Zander uh, yellow fronted car. Now they're pitted together, so they are going to have to do this during the race, share Which I think this is interesting because they are doing a race, effectively a racing pit stop when they are in each other's way, if you see what I mean. Yes, they are. And this was unintentional, to be honest, John, because when Alex Lynn came in, they pulled the right front tire off. Had a look around there. Now they've sent Lynn. Oh, they're doing a practice nose change 
on the zero one as wow the zero two sounds awesome as it blasted back into life both of the porsches have come back in they too are now doing uh pit stop practice as well they are doing the four tire change because this tire section in essence the one that you're allowed to use is the slt and this does not come out of your race allotment this is from practice allotment when we had our practice at the roar before the 24 it was raining so they didn't use up nearly as many tires as they had expected they did the other night night practice uh, eat into that budget quite a bit as far as tires are concerned but still enough so where they can go out and get a good read on the car for what it'll be like tomorrow night when they will have 12 sets of these tires to play with and they can only use them at a certain time the uh, h uh, the ht tires which are the general uh, use anytime tires they can be used anytime within the 24 hours the lt the low temperature tires from michelin second compound of slick tires which we haven't had uh, for quite some time uh, in the top class here not since the uh, unlimited days it's always been a single slick compound those lt low temperature tires can only be used at the times mandated by uh, imza which i, I think is uh, is it eight o'clock at night to seven o'clock in the morning? Seven till eight in the morning. Seven o'clock at night till eight o'clock in the morning uh, on Saturday into Sunday. We have 13 hours and 16 or so minutes of official night time from when sun sets to it rises again. Conor de Filippi puts in the fastest time, but it's pretty slow fastest time at 143.4. We've seen the cars down in the 134s. But cold tyre management on outlaps is something, Peter, that all of these drivers are going to have to deal with during the 24 hours, the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona over the weekend. No, no question. It's going to be a feature. It always is. I mean, last year it was even more so with the really cold temperatures that we had. It's not going to be as bad this year, but it's still, it's, it's still January. So um, I do think that's going to be a big part, especially with the power. We've talked about it a lot. The power delivery of these GTP cars is pretty aggressive with the with the uh, uh, electric uh, coming in with the internal combustion engine. So yeah, the tire really important. But I think. It w what Michelin achieved last year by the tyre being taken into a, a window which really was unknown and it shows you the quality of product that they produce both for the racetrack and the roads that it was able to to um, to survive pretty much freezing temperatures last year and now they've come out with that that learning with these two the uh, low temperature tyre and high temperature tyres very interesting the, the big difference of course is there is not enough there are not enough set of tyres mm. for the tyre change every single stop that we've seen uh, in the past and and the teams whether they want to or not whether they feel it's beneficial or not will have to double stint i.e. do two tanks of fuel on one set of tyres so a little bit of unknown in putting a second heat cycle through some of these tyres in race conditions either Jeremy during the uh, heat of the day or indeed probably the low temperature tyres in the cooler temperatures of the evening. It's not going to be anywhere near as cool as was forecast, by the way. My phone just now, and it's showing now as a, as a low tomorrow night of 59 degrees. Uh, I think it was, I think yesterday it showed as a 43 or 4 or something, so that's a big change that's upward. 15 Celsius. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty comfortable. It's, it's oh, that's not, comfy. It, well, I tell you what, it's warmer than it is now. Yes. It's 54 degrees now, because I just went to the infield and uh, it's, it's t -t 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 pretty chilly out there, I can tell you what. So, yeah, warmer than this at the cool of tomorrow night. So that's certainly, well, 
I was find out whether it's good news or not, but certainly that's one of the things that teams have been working on. Is and I I gather that tire degradation really isn't isn't that bad at all. It's not as yeah. big a factor as perhaps some people were worried about. What is a factor is going out on cold tires. It does take longer to get those you know, to get those tires up to temperature. Even though the cars are nice and heavy, as far as tire is concerned, uh, that that helps to build temperature. But um, they they can't left normally you you try and warm warm the tires up through the wheels by by holding the brakes yeah you can't do the that in these cars I'm because told. the brake by wire yes and the system's too clever yes and, and it and it ah. kind of fools the system into thinking there's a problem so like an lmp3 car yeah Col so, yeah. Col Col Philippe was telling me about that the other day he said he, he, that's what he was trying to do and he got all sorts of yeah the 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 the, the pit the, the engineers, the pit, they were on the phone to him saying, your local what are you BMW doing? You, know that, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> he said, oh, crikey, I've got to find another way to warm up the tyres then. So, yes. <laughs> said, Visit your local BMW <laughs> dealer. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's just said a 137.383 has uh, Conor Di Felipe. So we reckon uh, uh, Jer Jeremy's Intel says, as we're coming down to halfway through this session already, around about a 136 high... 35s, mid 36s, Jeremy, for race pace. Well, that, that's that's what two different people have told me is is sort of, kind of their stint length is based upon those sort of lap right. times. Yes. And how many laps do we think on a tank? Uh, bigger tanks of fuel this year. Bigger, uh, bigger on, petrol on tanks. How many bananas? Um, how many bananas? <laughs> um, because it's all about, it's all about ener energy that. usage. I forgot actually. the answer that one, but we could figure it out. I guess around about uh, 50 to 55 minutes. 52. 50 Right. Two bits or so. Uh, who, who's a mathematician out there can figure that out? Divide that by yeah, 94 or 5 seconds or 90, 96 seconds each time. You'll find okay. out how many laps there are. Too clever for me, sorry. Uh, 138. I do it in the morning, but not in the evening, sorry. Philip Eng, 138.2, 138.4 for Alex Lynn. Renga van der Zander not put in a representative time yet, and neither of the Porsches have either. Um, not sure that we're getting the right information here because I'm showing Dan Cameron and Michael Christensen there. Yeah, they've done a they've done a switch over. I saw a driver at the back of the Team Penske Porsche Motorsport garage uh, putting a helmet on, and it looked like Michael Christensen's helmet. Um, so it is strange to do, send you out, go do one or two laps, scrubbing tires, and then go back in uh, uh, again. It's you know there could be Tandy, all kinds of reasons. Just scrubbing for tires for Tandy the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tandy was shown to be driving. It's driver change practice as well. Here comes yeah. the Porsche with the purple lights, and that is the car with the white accoutrement. So that's the number six car. This will be another driver change. Dan Cameron getting in to uh, getting out of the car. Excuse me. And Nick Tandy getting back in. Oh, uh, to that car was that Tandy getting back in? Shay, I think it was. Yep, yep. That's Nick Tandy's helmet. Yeah. Uh, Michael Christensen then. The Michael Christensen looks like he should be a rugby player. He's a big lad for a racing driver, tall, broad-shouldered, and uh, does well to fold himself into these racing cars. He, he um, did something which I think is incredibly selfless and generous. He won this race in 2017 in the GTD class with Allegra, and of course won a Rolex watch, and one day he decided that there was something even positive that could be done with it and he put the put it to auction and donated the proceeds to save the children in Ukraine really um, wow. very generous thing to do but that, that's Michael I think he's that kind of person 
Let's uh, let's pick up some driver interviews as there are people standing around watching. So let's make them do some work. Matt Campbell uh, is out of his Porsche. She has pounced. Yeah, and it's not often we find Matt Campbell not behind the wheel of a Porsche. You started this session. Now you're just hanging out, waiting to do driver change practice at the end. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, running for our program, we haven't, or we aren't doing too much in this session. Obviously, just scruffing uh, a set of tyres there at the beginning before handing over to Michael for a bit of a short run. But uh, yeah, running for our program, getting ready for tomorrow. Obviously, coming around fast and uh, you know, super exciting. How's it been going as the defending Rolex winner, but in a different class? Yeah, it's been really, really cool. Obviously, a totally different end for myself. You know, usually we're looking in our mirrors, and this time we're overtaking all the cars. So, uh, completely different experience, but thoroughly enjoying it so far. It's going to be a tough 24 hours, no doubt, uh, tomorrow, but uh, really enjoying it, and it's been a massive step up, so really enjoying being part of Porsche Penske. We've been making a big deal about the two different tyre compounds that you guys are allowed to use over the course of the race. Can you feel a big difference behind the wheel? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, luckily enough for us, you know, we, we really, I think our car's really good in the night, um, and uh, for sure there's a big difference between two tyre compounds. Not a massive thing for us. I think we're in a really good position, but we'll just have to wait and see. Will you be able to double stint the LTs? I mean, we have to double stint some for sure, so uh, we'll get to that when we get there in the race. But uh, yeah, for sure, it'll be super challenging at some times during a race, managing this. But uh, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Is there a good mood right now in uh, Porsche Team Penske? Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely on up, that's for sure. Uh, everyone's in uh, high spirits and getting ready for tomorrow. You know, it's been a long 12 months to be able to get to this point, And, you know, it's super exciting that tomorrow we finally go racing for the first ever time with this uh, new Porsche 963. So super exciting and, and it'll be quite surreal when we're all on the grid tomorrow. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Cheers. That was Matt Campbell from uh, Porsche Penske Motorsport. Yeah, very good questions, Cher, to ask there about the tyres. Because, of course, we're... As Cher rightly says, Peter, we've been going on and on about the different tyre compounds. Uh, if there's not much difference, then there's not much difference. However, that was not what uh, Matt said. And they will have to double sync some of those uh, some of those LTs. Uh, the, uh, LTs, they get 12 sets of, Jeremy, the LTs, and, yeah, and so. nine of the others? Uh, or is it the other way around? Because uh, the, the LT, they can run from 7 at night until 8 in the morning. Yeah. Sorry, 8 in the morning until 7 at... No, 7, in the mo 7 at night until 8 in the morning. Right, the 7 till 8. Yeah. Uh, 7, 8... And share what, what's the tyre breakdown for the two t cop mounts? Uh, 12 LT 9H. Right, okay, Great. so they've got uh, probably, if they can't quite run an hour, uh, they've probably got more uh, LTs than they really need for that nighttime session. So they might fail. Uh, although they, they've, uh, they can't use them any other time, so they might as well use them up. Yeah, if, if they're quicker, yeah, absolutely. And, and Mind if, if the temperature gets too hot. Well, yeah, if we're going to have 59 minimum uh, Fahrenheit, that's quite, yeah, by 8 o'clock in the morning, by the time the sun comes up, you might you might want to switch across. So the teams, they'll be on that. They'll, I mean, can you imagine the weather system, uh, uh, the, the weather weather system, the uh, weather an analysis equipment that they have in these teams must be must be quite impressive, I can, uh, I can imagine. As the 01 Cadillac comes in, Renger van der Zander, that's the full season IMSA car. The 02 is actually a, a special guest. Uh, that's true. It's, it's a World Endurance Championship car, and so it's the first proper kind of flavour we've seen of convergence where you can take the same car, race it on both sides of the Atlantic or around the world, uh, proving the concept well. And that is the fastest car, the 01 at the moment, 136.7. So, again, it's in that sort of area that Jeremy has been talking about. Late 35s to late 36s. 
36.8 for Alex Lynn for the blue-fronted 0-2 car. And shit, Adam has a BMW, which is cooling its heels next to... Yeah, and her. listen to how effective these coolers are. They're Milwaukee-powered, basically handheld uh, tools that have been perfectly form-fitted with carbon fiber that the inlets can go straight down into the brake ducts to so, try and cool the car off a little so, bit better. So that's like a leaf blower or something exactly. like that. Exactly. That's right. exactly what it is. Right. It's a miniature leaf blower that is wow. blowing directed air that you would see off of vacuum extensions into the parts of the car that they want it to go to and fills it completely so that there is no wasted air. Uh, very interesting. Both cars now have it, by the way. Uh, by the way, she, I, I know you've been talking to the officials today. I meant to ask you this early on. Was there any uh, further repercussions after Elio Castroneves drove the wrong way at the pit lane under, under pace and then the car couldn't serve its stop and five-minute hold because I there was only a minute heard. left on the session? Uh, would you like me to go ask Johnny Knotts? Yeah, you go do that okay. and we'll talk about cars going round because we do have cars uh, going round. The two Porsches are circulating. Just three minutes left. Uh, on the session, the number seven now in the hands of Michael Christensen through the Le Mans chicane. We had the centenary trophy over there uh, earlier on today uh, with the heads of the ACO, obviously. Uh, the president of the ACO was there with the all the uh, top brass of both NASCAR and IMSA, Peter. Yeah, I think it's fantastic to see that the relationship between uh, IMSA here in, in North America and the World Endurance Championship, the Automobile Club de la West, of course, the Le Mans 24 Hours, that cooperation is vital to the future of sports car racing and its success. And I think that all the ingredients are there. It's so much brilliant work's been done behind the scenes. I can't quite imagine, John, that just three years ago to this weekend, the rules were just announced. I was the standing publicly. there doing it. Yeah, and I could. And, and here and we are. Look, here we are. It, <laughs> actually, the, there was a story behind that. Is that the the actual document was signed just behind us on the sofas where you on were the sitting sofa. er, earlier on, <laughs> up here on on the on floor five mm. on the uh, on the fifth floor, the night before that happened. Wow! We, and then it was done for the cameras again the following day. Mm. Um, even I was sitting watching that happen. We saw that history wow. happen. Even when I saw that I happen. I slept on that coach last year. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I, that's why I said that to you. History was, history was made there. There's a blue plaque, says Peter Mackay, and slept in. Um, and then even the next day when I, I had the script in front of me and all the notes and the questions, I still couldn't quite believe it. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's become even more important, I think, since the pandemic. Uh, and what's happened uh, to the automotive world since then. Shea Adam has been finding out about whether there's any carryover for that uh, Elio Castroneves penalty for the Myershank uh, racing car, the number 60 machine from yesterday. Shea, what's the news? Short answer, no, no okay. carryover. The right. intent was made to serve the penalty. He went in at the first available opportunity and served it for as long as he could. And since there is no follow-up session, there is no further penalty. Okay. Um. So this session, if they'd come out in this session, it would have been carried forward or not? No, no, because he had tried to serve ah, it in okay. the end of the last session. Okay. Okay. So we've seen six cars. That's what we expected to see. The checkered flag will come out in 30 seconds or so. Uh, the Alex Lynn-driven 
blue fronted number two has gone back out again for Cadillac Racing. It's his teammates that is quickest at the moment. Renge von der Zander put in the fastest lap time of 136.742. Uh, coming in now is the 0-2. That is Alex Zipp-Lin. Meanwhile, out on the circuit, Porsche number six in the hands of Mathieu Jaminet for Porsche Penske Motorsport, PPM. Yep. And he, I think, is the only car out there at the moment. There he goes, past us. Uh, and he gets the chequered flag. So he sees the chequered flag on the track. No one else will. It's that little quick 20-minute session and did improve on that last lap up to uh, around about six tenths of a second away from the fastest time and that was a 37.4 so no, no sign as planned by the way if you are just joining us um, it was the only the six that we had there that we expected to see no conning and minolta or myshank accuracy and the wheel and engineering racing cadillac not planning to come out in that session so there we are gentlemen we have seen everything we're going to see before the race starts and as far as GTP is concerned Jeremy I think there's still quite quite as many uh, questions as there there are answers because we haven't got any of the answers really have we no <laughs> we haven't but look really interesting to me that Acura decided not to go out with either of their cars number 10 or number 60 both said the cars locked up ready to go for tomorrow um, and you know the other teams out there, you know, the, the six cars that were out there just scr scrubbing some some tyres in, uh, seemed to run fairly well. They didn't seem to have any problems. They're all within a second. Those six cars that went out, they turned what between five and, and eight laps each. Um, you know, I, I I'm a lot more, a lot less pessimistic. Let's put it that ah. way than I was uh, about how the cars are going to run in the race. I'm sure there's gonna, there are going to be niggles, but I thought that um, there would be more major problems than I've seen so far this week. Uh, Johnny Palmer, who will be joining encouraged. us over the weekend with Bruce Jones uh, on the commentary here on IMSA Radio. Reckons 34, 35 laps at that sort of 90 seconds-ish uh, lap time uh, for a 52-minute stint. So we, we're going to be into the low 30s. Uh, Peter, from your point of view, your first opportunity to see these cars in the carbon fibre, as it is most people here. There's no doubt that they look good. They sound very different from each other, which I really like, that variety. And if this is the start of it, there's, there's pace there. We've seen that from qualifying last weekend. But I still, I, I still get the feeling, and I, I, I hear what Jeremy's saying, I still get the feeling there's quite a lot of work to do to refine these cars and get them to the level... All right, six years of, of, of development from the previous cars. I'm not expecting it to be like that overnight, but certainly these are more complicated cars, and it's going to take a wee bit longer to get them to the stage, I think, where the teams are comfortable with these long-distance races. Yes, it's, it, the, there, is that, there is that aspect, um, and I, th I think the, these manufacturers will get on top of it for sure. The one thing that stood out to me throughout these practice sessions, we've had five of them for the GTP cars, four for everybody else, the thing that's really stood out to me is the sheer level of competition in GTP. The Not so much in numbers, but it's the sheer closeness of the lap times between particularly the Cadillacs, the Porsches and the Acuras, inseparable on the timesheets at some stages. Um, BMWs, I think they'll get there, um, but 
the one thing from a longevity point of view, uh, I, I'm 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 in a very positive frame of mind because I think that particularly the Cadillacs, uh, all three of them have ran very well uh, over over the course of practice, and I think they'll go to bed tonight with a quiet optimism. I would suspect. I think all of the teams have got something to prove to themselves tomorrow yes. and into yeah. Sunday. Um, it is. The vagaries of IMSA is that we start with a 24-hour race. I'll tell you now, I bet every single manufacturing team wish that wasn't the case. As much as they love coming to race at Daytona, I think they would have liked to have had a couple of four- or six-hour races under their belt before they did that. That said, that means it's a different challenge. And we might see a more old-fashioned... Bizarrely, with all the new technology, we might see a more old-fashioned endurance race where people are working through problems. Look what happened to Toyota at Le Mans a couple of years ago where they were writing code and introducing new code into the TSO 50 to keep that car going to get that victory when they had the fuel pump pump imbalance problems and the car was cutting out. Mm. That's the sort of thing. I think people haven't had all the problems they're going to have. They don't know about the problems that they're going to get and they may not have had them before. So reacting to problems, managing them from the cockpit or from the pit wall to me is going to be where the race will be won and lost in GTP on Saturday and Sunday. And I think that's where we're going to see the uh, the quality of the teams that we've got. You know, they think of the names there, Penske, Andretti, um, Canassi, RLL, etc. Absolutely. I mean, it w- would this have been an easier debut than, than Sebring? Uh, I mean, uh, there's a question that's a, for I you. Mean, that's a fair point. <laughs> that is a fair, fair point. Discuss that amongst yourselves, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to Leah uh, over in the PA booth who's been engineering us today and making sure that we've been talking to you on 107.9 FM and around the circuit. Uh, up in London, it's been Rob Lomas on duty today. Thanks to all of our broadcast colleagues and indeed our camera operators and the production crew both here uh, on site and up in Charlotte. Well, just one more race now, gentlemen, and then we can call it a weekend. The 61st running of the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona is next on our roster and we'll have flag-to-flag coverage with extensive countdown to green with all of the atmosphere from the grid. That comes tomorrow, but for the moment, from Daytona, uh, this fast Friday evening. Have a good evening and join us tomorrow. Make sure you get a good night's sleep tonight because there's no sleep now after tonight until the chequered flag on Sunday afternoon. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. For more, check imsaradio.com and subscribe to IMSA Radio wherever you get your podcasts.